All right, let's go ahead and get started. Page 26, let's all stand. Christ making it possible. Amen. amen. Glad to be here. Say amen tonight. Amen. amen. Good to see. It's good to have Brother Tim Lord, one of our missionaries that we support, in with us tonight. This must be Missionary Month. Amen. We've had a lot of missionaries come through, and thankful for them. And uh, we'll see what the Lord will do tonight. He'll be preaching for us in a minute. His family will be singing. Uh, Brother C. W. Tanner, how about you open us in prayer? You may be seated, page 46. In truth, I've tried most everything, and I'm happy now to say there's something like religion in a good old fashioned way. I'm walking in the old time way, and I want the world to an all-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway and I'm telling everywhere I go that I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There are 
things that light me at my journey at pursue. I want to be a leader like mortal man would do. I would like to be a millionaire with a million to be stored. A right being all time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old time Christian Grand old highway and telling everywhere I go, I'd rather be no time Christian than anything I know. All the world is bright since I got right now. I sing and praise God. All my burdens have been lifted since Savior brought me out. I will tell the world both far and near as I travel here before. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old time Christian with Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway. And tell everywhere I go, there rather be no time Christian than anything I know. Let's do page 88. Page 88. page 116. Lay up my treasures in that home above, trust, only trust in the Savior's love, doing 
trusting in the rich love is saving grace. In each earthly trial, I still can trace. Turn up in heaven, I shall find a place. I'm getting ready to leave this world. some announcements again just to keep us all minded of what we got got a lot going on uh don't forget this coming uh november the 19th is our happy pilgrims pancake breakfast in our fellowship hall starting at nine o'clock that morning brother Derek howard's going to be preaching for us and they're going to serve us pancakes so that'll be on november 19th then on november the 21st is when we give our food baskets away between 10 and 2 here at the church. And if you want to be a part of that, please be here at those times. And if you know of anybody that would, is needing a, a, I'm talking about, it's going to be a whole meal deal. It's going to be everything they need to make a big uh, Thanksgiving uh, meal. So that'll be between, between 10 and 2 if you know of anybody that needs a basket. Please come and get one and take it to them or tell them to be here between the hours of 10 and 2 and we'll be sure that they get that basket. Um, and also on December the 4th is our Christmas party coming up. So remember all this. I want to tell you something that, uh, that the Lord kind of put on our hearts. Uh, Miss Debbie and I were talking, sitting around the uh, house talking one day and she said, John, she said, you ought to... Uh, you know, we've been praying that God would send us a youth pastor. Hasn't done that yet, but uh, in the meantime, I've, I told her, I said, I feel like I need to be doing something with our youth to really encourage our young people. And so what we're going to do is beginning next Sunday night and there for, for however long the Lord directs our hearts, we're going to let our youth uh, take the service. Uh, Brother Zach is going to be preaching for us next Sunday night, and the youth choir is going to be singing. We're going to have Brother Brady leading the, the congregational in song. He just found that out, and uh, and we'll get some. We'll get we'll get the uh, Lower girls to sing a special that night. Be sure to tell them, Brother Chris. <laughs> we're still lining all of that up, but we're going to do that occasionally. Uh, uh, I don't know that it'll be every month, but uh, we'll do that occasionally. So you be in prayer for our young people that God would use them mightily and help them to grow in in the things of the Lord because th if the Lord tarries, this other generation, this generation behind us are the ones that's going to be leading the church of Jesus Christ. But we want to do our part in helping train them and we want to support them from, I mean, with every fiber we got, we want those young people to know that we are behind them 100%. And speaking of young people, I understand we got a young one going to sing for us tonight. Your hands, you've done all you can do. 
Amen. It is a blessing to have Brother Tim Lord and his family in with us tonight. He's one of our missionaries. Tell you a little bit about Brother Tim. His pastor's Brother Mike Norman in Lake City, Florida. And uh, Brother Tim was Brother Mike's uh, song leader for, for years. I got to know Brother Tim. My acquaintance are going down there to the camp meetings and all. Love him, love his family, love his heart for Jesus Christ. He's been down in Albania for how many years, Brother Tim? Six years. Been down in Albania serving the Lord there, starting planting churches, and uh, has come home on furlough to get further direction from the Lord. He called us and said, well, John, can we come by? And I said, absolutely. I remember being in your ordination service, Brother Tim, was part of that, and appreciate God let me be a part of your life in that small way. But Brother Tim, you and your family come on tonight. They're going to sing for us, and Brother Tim's going to tell us about his ministry and tell us, and then preach for us. Oh, I did want to mention to you, uh, several of you have already asked, you know, when I just began preaching this morning, Deb got a phone call from Mom, and Mom had fallen. She'd taken a fall at the house. And so Deb took off, went home with her and gathered her up, got her up there to the emergency care unit on 400. And uh, I got up there after service, and Mom fell and broke her left wrist. And uh, so they've got it in a temporary cast and sling. Got to carry back up there Tuesday to uh, let the orthopedic doctor look at it and see what he recommends and put it in a permanent cast, but they don't think it's going to take surgery, but I do appreciate all of you praying for us and uh, supporting us in that. Appreciate appreciate the, the nurses and PAs that we've got in the church. They immediately went, <laughs> went to work and trying to get Debbie tended to and everything, and I appreciate the heart of this people toward us. So y'all continue praying for mom.
jail, I'm thankful like Daniel, after the lion's Lord, I'm thankful, thankful like Noah, back on dry ground, thankful like Lazarus, finally unwound, every beat of my heart wants to pound, I'm thankful, Lord, I'm Man, it's good to be in his house this evening. I sure do thank the Lord for all that he's done for us already. <clears throat> We've been in Albania for six years. The Lord sent us over there 2016. Moved over there, sold everything we had, and uh, didn't want anything tying us to America. We wanted to be full servants for the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> went over there, started a church, just like we're doing here tonight. We uh, sang the songs, preached the word of God, and uh, everything was going great. And uh, we, had, we had a lot of people coming. Our church was very small. The building itself was very small, probably about half the size of this platform was the size of our church. And, and uh, we, we'd put about, I don't know, 35, sometimes 45 would come. We'd fit in that little building and uh, have church. And then COVID hit. And uh, not only did it affect America, but it affected the whole entire world exactly right. and uh, shut us down for three months. Couldn't, uh, couldn't leave our homes without government permission, couldn't do anything. And so three months without church, we could not meet. And uh, during that time, we had this app called WhatsApp. And uh, my wife and I, my kids, we would sing songs and I'd get some scripture up and give a little devotion. And we'd send videos to all those that we had numbers for, uh, just trying to keep them involved and let them know that one day the church will open back up. And uh, finally, when we began to open the church back up, they, were li they lifted all those restrictions and tried to go back. And it was like starting all over again. Yeah. And uh, couldn't, couldn't get anybody to come. Uh, after three months of no church, they had all lost their interest. And uh, my wife and I tried as hard as we could and, and uh, passed out flyers that the church was open again and uh, tried to invite people. Nobody would come. And for a year, my wife and I, my children, we'd, we'd be the only ones that went there. And uh, we'd have somebody come in while we were right in the middle of singing. And I'd get all excited. My heart began to bubble. And they'd stay for one song and then get up and leave. And uh, for one year, we did that. And I, I got to the point where I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but you got to show me something. And uh, we had that happen and had some things personally in our family that went on. And, and it happened and got counsel from my preacher and another man that I look up to very dearly. and. And uh, decided to close that church down after having it for uh, about five and a half years. And uh, one of the hardest things we ever done. And now, uh, currently back here just trying to pray and uh, see what God would have us to do next. And I told my wife, I said it was one thing to sell everything and move over there. But if God happens to bring us back, we have absolutely nothing. And, uh, but whatever God wants us to do, I want to be, I want to just say, yes, sir. And do exactly what he wants us to do. If it's to go back over there and start another church, that's what we want to do. If it's to come back here and do something here, if it's to go to another country, I don't, I don't care what it is. I, my, I gave my life to God a long time ago, and I want to serve him to the best of my ability. I've given him my family, and I want my family to serve him to the best of their ability as well. And so I thank you for letting us come by, preacher. Thank you for letting us be here in this opportunity. And tonight I want to go to Genesis chapter number six, and I want to read you one verse, and uh, hopefully give you some give you some help tonight if if uh, the Lord would uh, help us. Genesis chapter number six, verse number twenty-two. <clears throat> I do love my Bible. I don't take it for granted, uh, but I do just want to read one verse tonight and, and see what the Lord will show us. Genesis chapter six, verse number twenty-two said, "Thus 
did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. One more time, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Let's pray. Father, I sure do thank you for this opportunity. God, thank you for this time to be in your house. God, I pray that you would move in a special way, God, amongst your people. Lord, my words, God, may mean nothing to them, but God, I pray that your word would not return void. But God, that you'd speak to each and every heart that's here. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off by saying uh, we know the story here. I'm sure everybody here at one time or maybe more than one time in your life has heard the story of Noah and the ark. We know the story about the big boat that God had a man build and and uh, all the, the animals that God put on that boat. And I think a lot of times we refer to this story as a story for children. And uh, we make it about the children. We make it try to interesting for the children. But uh, even in today's time, we find out that there are some things that we can learn from what God did in Noah's life. And uh, there are things throughout the life of Noah that God even speaks to man today to uh, try to do. And I, uh, just for a few moments tonight, I want to preach on the very last phrase. So did he. Noah did exactly what God had told him to do. Uh, but by way of introduction, I want to tell you that verses 1 uh, down through 5 shows us that there is a, uh, we see corruption that has come into the world. And uh, just to give you a little outline, then I'll preach the message. Corruption has come into the world. And we see that corruption is not only in the world, but it is within everything in the world. It is where it's with everybody and everything. And uh, corruption comes in so easily in our lives. Even today, uh, uh, when things begin to happen in our lives and sin begins to creep in, we oftentimes say it's just one time. But uh, then again, we do it over and over and over again and things begin to creep in. And, and even in today's time, we live in a world that is still corrupt. Uh, God made such a beautiful creation and sin came in and corrupted everything and that's what sin does in our life. It comes in and it begins to corrupt everything in us and around us and it's still happening in today's time. Yes, sir. Noah listened to God and did what God said. We find in verses 8 and 9 we find the character of Noah. And Noah we find was a man that walked with God. Uh, Noah was a man. We can read the verse there. Verse number eight. It says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We know that Noah walked with God. And I don't know about you, but there are so many in today's time that have quit walking in the old path. There's so many that have quit going in the right direction. So many that have turned aside from what church uh, or to be in what church or to look like and what church or to sound like. Uh, but Noah was a man that walked with God. Noah found grace in his eyes. How do you find grace? Uh, just walk with God and God will show you some grace. Uh, Noah not only walked with God, but he worked for God. Not only did he work for God, but Noah was in the will of God doing what God wanted him to do. And if you can't find grace in your life, it may be because you're not in his will and you're not in, uh, you're not working for him and you're not walking with him. But I, and I tell you this, there ain't no better life to live uh, than a life that is serving God. Uh, I'm going to tell you this, not to brag on myself, but I've tried living out there. I've tried living for the world, and it was not worth it. I found that living for God is the best life that there is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank God that He came by my way one day and picked me up out of the mess I was in and saved me and changed my life forevermore. Not, not I, I don't desire those things that I used to do anymore. I, I found now that I can walk with God hand in hand. I found out that I can talk with Him on a daily basis. I found out that His Word uh, speaks to my heart and the songs speak to my heart. And I found out that it is the best life to live. It's the life lived for God. We find in verses 11, 12, and 13 the consequences of sin. Verse 14 the 15 and 16, we find a command that is sent from God. In verse 18, 19, and 20, we find that there is a covenant made between God and Noah. But tonight, I want to talk about this last one. Verse number 22, we see that there is a commitment that is made. And I think a lot of times we get things out of order. And there's a lot of times that we make a commitment. We make a, we make a promise, so to speak, to somebody. And it's hard for us to keep those promises. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've said I'm going to do that or I'm going to do this and come to find out maybe I forgot or I didn't have time. But 
Can I say this? That God is not one of those that makes a promise and does not keep it. I honestly believe uh, that there is a day when he's made the promise that it's going to come back. And there, is, there will come a day. I, I don't know if I'll see it or not, but I'm looking. I'm, I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet one yep. day yep. when we can get out of this old wicked world and yep. go to a home. But there is a lot better when God makes a promise. He keeps it. I, I'm just waiting on what God said. I, I, sometimes it's hard to wait. Sometimes we don't want to wait. Uh, but can I tell you this? When God says he's going to do something, just believe. Just believe what God said because God will do it. Yes, sir. God will do it. We find a commitment made here by Noah to God. I wonder how many of us today have ever said, God, I'm going to do that. Maybe God speaks to your heart and you say, God, I'm going to do that. But you find out that it's not what you thought it would be. I remember going on deputation in, 14, in 2014 and 2015 and I thought, man, this is, this is good. This is nice. We got to see things that we've never seen before. We got to go places we'd never been before. My, my very first trip to Albania was 2011. I'd never been past the Georgia-Tennessee line. Here I was fixing to go on an airplane and go to the other side of the world. I'm going to tell you how I'm, I'm, God did all that. I'm talking about scared to death, still today scared to even think about getting on an airplane. But when you make a commitment to God, you can know that God is going to protect you and that God's going to, that does not mean that hard times will not come. I don't know who told the Christian that if you'll just serve God, everything's going to be all right. But I'll tell you this, I'd rather have my hardest days uh, with God than the best days without God. I have seen God move time and time again. I have seen God do things in my life uh, that are unexplainable to the human lips. Uh, and I can tell you this, that giving your life to God yes, is life. Yes, we find the commitment made here by Noah. Thus did Noah. According to all that God commanded him, so did he. I want to preach on this thought tonight, the commitment. So did he the commitment that Noah gave God. We see number one, that there's an, it was an obligation, not a negotiation. We know that a negotiation is a discussion aimed at reaching an agreement. An obligation is an act or course of action. To which a person is morally or legally bound to something. It's a duty. And here we know that Noah did not go up to God. And Noah was not saying, now God, in order for me to build this ark, in order for me to do what you want me to do, uh, God, I need you to do this for me. Don't we, we, I'm sure we've all done that a time or two. I know in my life, and I used to pray before I, uh, before I knew how to pray and what to pray and what we should pray for. I, I'd go down to the altar and I'd ask God for everything that I did not even need. I'd ask him for things that I did not need in my life, did not need in my family. And I'd ask him for those things because they were material things that make me look good. They make me look kind of rich, if we could say it like that. If I could have the nicest vehicle, if I could have the nicest home, and that is what God wanted me to have in my life. But I found out that what God gives me uh, is what I need in my life and how God uh, watches over us and how God protects you and I from the dangers of this world. Uh, hey, and we should not make a negotiation with God. Uh, God is not in the business of gambling. God is in the business of changing lives. Uh, just serve Him and see what God does in your lives. We all the time want to make a negotiation. But here Noah made this an obligation. Noah said, God, you want me to build this ark? I'm going to build it. Noah, 500 years old. Three kids at the house. I had two at the house working a full-time job. And I, I come home tired after a hard day's of work. 10, 12 hours a day, I come home tired, wore out, not want to do anything. I don't know how Noah did it at 500 years old with three kids. You know, Noah, Noah could have made any excuse possible that he, you know, he could have thought of. Yeah. How about this? Get up one morning. Lord, I'm... Those boys kept me up all night last night. I'm a little tired. I don't know that I'm going to have time to go out and build this ark today. I don't know that I'm going to have time to go down to the hardware store and get what I need. Uh, uh, everything seems to be going wrong at the house. The wife's upset. She didn't get her Starbucks like she ordered it. Uh, nothing's working out for her. God, God there's so many things God, that's going on today. Today, I don't have time to work for you. I said, that ain't how God works. That ain't what Noah did. Noah said, all right. Things are going to be hard. Things are going to be tough. Days are going to be hard. And the days are going to be tough. But uh, God is hot. I don't even know that Noah knew the whole entire
picture what was going to happen. But we'll find out by the end of the story what God was doing in Noah's life. And I don't know tonight what God's telling you to do. We're, we're praying right now, God, what do you want us to do? And I don't know everything. I, now I told somebody this when we first got back. I said, I wish I had a book uh, about my life that God had wrote that I could just flip to the next chapter and see what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but if it was something bad, I would not want to read that chapter. So I'm kind of yeah. glad that I don't have that book because I'd want to skip the bad chapters and only do the good chapters. Yeah. I, I don't know why my bad things uh, uh, happen to the Christian people. I don't know why persecution comes. Uh, but can I say this? That things happen to make us stronger and to make us lean on Him more. Uh, those that fall out of church over the wrong things, I don't understand seeing how God we know that all things work together for good to them that love him but here's old Noah I'm talking about every excuse that could have happened Noah could have gave it Lord my hands are hurting Lord I've got blisters all over my hands from sawing that wood my hammer's broke I don't have time to go get another Lord, my feet hurt. I've been standing up all day. My saw needs to be sharpened. I ain't got time to do it. Noah could have had any possible excuse. There was. I wonder how many times in our lives today do we make an excuse to not do something for the Lord? How many times today do we make an excuse over something that God's asked us to do? And we say, Lord, I don't have time for that. Lord, I don't want to do that. We all want to go to the big fancy places, but sometimes God puts us down in those low places. We all want to be high up on the mountaintop getting all the blessings, but sometimes God puts us down in the valley, yeah. even though we don't understand it. I remember our very first trip to Albania. My pastor was with me, Brother Mike, and we had another pastor with us, and we stopped in Rome, uh, Italy, on the way home. The man that we were with, Brother Dean, he said, he said there's, there's going to be vendors all along the street. You find something... And you talk them down the price, and then you buy it real cheap and you take it home to your wife. Now I can remember my the man that was on the trip with us, man, he was so good at talking people out of stuff. He'd walk up to somebody and he'd say, uh, he said, I like that purse there for my wife. How much is it? They'd say something like 50 euros. He'd walk away and say, No, that's too expensive. Uh, I can't get that one. Man would say, What do you, what, what would you give for it? He'd say, I'll give you 20 euros. And they'd go back and forth on a price, and finally they'd reach a decent price. Well, my pastor, Brother Mike, said, I'm going to try that. I'm going I'm to get this Ricky a purse. He walked up there, and he was looking at all these purses, all this stuff on the ground. And he said, I, I like that right there. My wife would like that. The man gave the price, and Brother Mike said, no, that's too expensive. He turned around, he began to walk away, and every once in a while he'd look over his shoulder, expecting that man to tap him on the shoulder, saying, come back, and... Come back and uh, tell me what you pay for. But that man never did that. <laughs> Found out that Brother Mike's not good at negotiation. He paid full price for a purse and everybody else was getting them half off. <laughs> Can I ask? Yeah. Can I say that is not what Noah did? Noah could have said, Lord, I'm going to need some days off. I'm going to need some vacation days. I'm going to need some family time. Uh, uh, but what, what Noah did not realize is that, that what, what he was fixing to get uh, was all the family time he needed in that boat with his family and with those animals. And, and God was doing something in Noah's life for Noah to do right now so that Noah could see the blessings later in life. Hey, God may be doing something right now in your life. And you don't see the whole picture. But one day you'll look back and you'll say, I can see now why God had me build down in the life. I can see now why God had me go through all those days of trouble, all those days of heartache. I can see now what God was doing. Even though you don't understand it. This was an obligation for Noah. Not a negotiation. In verse 8, we read it one time. Noah found grace. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, God looked at a man named Noah. I don't know out of everybody here. I'm sure at one time in your life, God has spoke to you outside. Saving you, God probably spoke to you. Asked you to do something. I remember when I was a song leader at home church and Led the, led the singing for nine years, led the choir for nine years, and absolutely loved doing that. I told God one time, I said, Lord, I, I love what you have me doing here. Lord, if this is what you want me to do the rest of my life, I'll leave the singing, I'll leave the choir, I'll work a full-time job. 
I'll support my preacher. That's what I'll do. I'll begin nudging on my heart to go to Albania to win souls for him. Went over there and done that. Now I'm saying, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. God, whatever it is, just let me be a part of it. I've even said if you wanted me to go back and sit under my preacher again, that's what I'd do. Just because I want to do what he wants me to do. I, I, it hurts me to know that man say something negative about anybody serving God. Yeah. So one preacher, what we was praying about, they support us, and he said, we'll have to second guess what you're doing. That's fine with me. I, I, know, I know what God's put on my heart. I know that everything happens for a season. But I don't want my life to be in negotiation with God. I don't want my life to be, God, if you'll bless me, I'll do this for you. God, if you'll give me this, and I'll do this for you. But I want my life to be an obligation that says, God, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't know all the outcome. I don't know why the situation is going. Whatever it is that you want out of my life, out of my family. That's what we want to do. It will be the same way with every Christian on the face of this earth today. Says God, I don't want it to be an obligation. God, I want it to be an, uh, I want it to be an obligation, not a negotiation. God, I want to serve you to my best and my fullest ability. Noah could have had any excuse. Man, how often do we make an excuse on Sunday mornings? I'm gonna be honest with you, preacher. It, it, Sunday mornings is probably the worst for my family. We get up and we're all tired and we're wore out. And man, why is Sunday school got to be ten? Why can't it be twelve? Man, why has it got to be so early in the morning? Got to get up. It don't take me very long to fix my hair, but man, it takes my wife and girls a long time to fix their hair. I'm looking at the clock the whole time saying, come on, guys, we got to go. And they said, what time we got to be there? I'm thinking, well, first of all, I got to add five minutes to get into the truck. Then I got to add another five minutes because of the red lights. And they don't add all that in there. They say, oh, it only takes 30 minutes. Starts at 10, we can leave at 9.45. It don't work that way. Wife got that one. We should not make it a negotiation when it comes to serving God. We find that it's Noah did this with obedience, not negligence. Here's old Noah. We've already said it 500 years old. Three boys. Can you imagine how tired Noah must have been? Coming home day after day, helping his wife with the boys. Getting everything ready at home, trying to help out his wife and go back to the very next day. Noah, Noah could have made, could have made all the excuses. Noah could have been, Noah could have had negligence on everything. But if Noah would not have built the ark, how God told him to build the ark, the size, the height, the width, it would not have been what God told him to do. Y'all know the dimensions God gave him, how wide, how long, and how wide and how tall, where to put the door, where to put the window. God gave him it. Specific instructions on what to do. And Noah did it how God told him to do. Yeah. Noah not knowing everything, but Noah knowing that he had to do what God told him to do. And I say, you and I don't have to know the outcome. We just need to do what God tells us to do. We know that negligence is the failure in taking care and doing something. Obedience is just simply being compliant with an order. As a as the soldier would say to a sergeant, yes, sir. That's what we ought to say to him. When God begins to speak, we ought to just say, yes, sir. I heard a man say that he had never, he had never uh, heard God speak to him. And I thought, man, what a shame. Because when, when God speaks to me, I can barely talk back. When God begins, when God has that still, small voice, and he begins to whisper to me, whether it's through his word, or whether it's through a song, or whether it's just him and me by ourselves, and God begins to speak to me. I, yeah. I think, yes, sir. Yes, sir. God, what is it? Yes, sir. Just want to serve him. Because yeah. of everything that he's done in my life already. The Bible tells us in Acts 5.29 that we are to obey God rather than man. Now, I think a lot of times in this life that we live today, we, we always want to get man's opinion on what we're doing. And what is everybody doing today's time? I'm not against it. Don't say I'm against it. I got one myself. But everybody wants to go to Facebook. They want to say, what do y'all think about this? What do y'all think about doing this in the ministry? Or where should we go next in the ministry? What should we do next in the ministry? And everybody has got an opinion about what somebody else yeah, ought to do. Yeah. But they ain't doing it themselves. Yeah. Everybody always wants to tell you how to do something. 
They're not doing it themselves. Brother Mike's always said this, I like the way you're doing it a whole lot better than the way I ain't doing it. And if somebody's out there serving God, I, w- I wouldn't tell them how to do it. I wouldn't tell them what to do. Uh, let them do them. Let God speak to them and you do you. Let God speak to you. You do what God tells you to do. Here's this man by the name of Noah. I know that Noah messed up later in his life. Got off the ark and messed up. I understand all that. But I'm glad that we serve a God that forgives. Look at here, Noah, by the time Noah gets in this ark, I don't know how many times he was tossed. I don't know how many times the waves were hitting the boat. I don't know how many times he may have fallen inside that boat, but at least he was inside the boat where God wanted him to be. I'd much rather fall in the house of God than out there in the world where everybody's going to criticize and make fun. Hey, I'd much rather fall where God's got me at than out there in this world. No telling how many times Noah fell in that boat. When that that rain began to pick it up, those waves began to beat. No no telling how many times Noah began to stumble a little bit. While he was right in the middle of God's will, while he was working for God, uh, while he was walking with God, there's no telling how many times things happened that Noah did not see coming. Noah stayed with God. He's scripture. Maybe sitting here tonight and say, I don't know. God wants me to do. Hold on a little while longer. I'm sure he'll find you something to do. I don't know that God saved somebody just for them to sit on a pew and keep it warm. I know that we need the church people. I know that we need the workers, those that go to those that go to work, come in and give tithe and support the church. We need them. But there's also things around the church that need to be done. I was at another church a while back and I told them that God's got you cleaning the church. You ought to be the best church cleaner. God's got you scrubbing toilets. You ought to be the best toilet scrubber you can be. God's got you picking up trash. You ought to be the best trash picker up that you can be. If the, if the preacher and his wife need something, you ought to be the best helper you can possibly be. Because you're not really doing it for them. You're doing it for him. And God's going to see what you do for him. And God's going to see what you do for them. No telling how God's going to bless you. What you're doing. Noah did this with obedience. Proverbs 28, 20 said, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. I wonder sometimes how many of us say, Lord, you ain't blessed me in a while. God, you haven't given me the blessings. God, I haven't been on a mountaintop in some time. Maybe it's because we're not being... I think that there's victory that comes with obedience and serving God. Noah was able to save his family because he listened to God. We know that as the boat's getting built and everything's lined up, just how God told him to do it and everything, Noah's out there with his hammer and beating on that boat. Noah, day after day, is hitting on that boat, hitting those nails and driving those nails in. And all of a sudden, his family gets to get on the boat his boys and their wives get to get on the boat. Noah himself, all the animals. And Noah is in there saying, I, uh, God had to do all this just to save my family. I wonder how many daddies are in here and how many mamas are in here. Maybe you've got children out there. Maybe how many children are in the church. Mamas and daddies are out there. I'd say you ought to pick up your hammer and keep on building that ark. I don't think, I don't, I don't know when it's going to happen, but there's going to come a day when that trumpet sounds. I don't, I don't know when it's going to happen, but there's going to come a day when every one of us in here, if the trumpet does not sound soon, uh, every one of us is going to lay in the grave. Uh, and until that day comes, I want to beat on that ark for my family. I want to get them in. I don't want to quit. I don't want to stop serving God. I want them to know. I want my kids to know. Don't give up on God. Even though it gets hard. Even though it gets tough. Uh, even though it's not which factor. Just keep on building that ark. Keep on building your ark. Sometimes we go to build something and they don't turn out the way that we want it. We begin to think about it and look at it and we maybe the structure's wrong, whatever, we've got to take it apart and begin to build again. Maybe your home was not what you thought it would be. I say keep on building that ark. Don't give up on your home. Just keep on going. See what God does in your life. See what God does in your family. There's no telling we was over in Albania just a few months ago. My little girl, my youngest, was 10 years old. Come in our house, and she's in the schoolroom, and she came in from the schoolroom to the house, and 
she had been asking questions about salvation, and I thought to myself, I, I, I've been dealing with her for a while, trying to talk to her, and she's a child, you know how child minds work, and I didn't want to push her into anything, I didn't want to make her say anything, and one day, she finally came in on a Friday morning, she said, I, she said God is speaking to me, and i got to get saved right now, right there in our living room, she knelt down, and I got to thinking, if, if God sent us over there for six years just for her uh, to get in that safe place, just for her uh, to realize she, it's worth it all uh, just to see God save her and just worth going over there and building an ark just to see her get in. And I don't know who in your life you may be thinking about right now uh, that needs to get in, uh, but don't quit. Keep on serving God. Keep on going for God, and you'll see that one day God will let them get in. Don't quit building your ark. Don't stop serving him. Church, we need to press forward. We don't need to be going backwards. The old time way is not broke. I had a young preacher sit down with me a few weeks ago. I was at his church and uh, he knows that I used to lead the singing and all that at our church. And he sat down with me and, and he said, uh, he said he had somebody tell him uh, that he needs to change the music in his church or he's going to kill his church. He's a young pastor. I think he's around 25. Just took the church not long ago. and He looked at me in my eyes and he said, Brother Tim, what do I do? We were up that morning. We sang. I preached. And I said, Brother, I said, your crowd seemed to be enjoying every congregation song that we sung this morning. And it's the same congregation singing we just sung back at our home church. I said, they seemed to enjoy what we were singing this morning as the specials. I said, I, I said if they were enjoying the old time way, why change anything? I said, I said, I think you'd kill your church if you went the other direction. If you, you begin to paint everything black and got rid of the pulpit and changed them in, that's when you'd kill the church. I, I said, don't, don't make love and negotiation. Just press on and keep serving God. How many times do we find ourselves neglecting the things that God's already given us? I think one of the most important ones probably this right here. God has given us such a precious, such a powerful, such a precise word of God. And so many times we neglect his word. How many promises God's given us in his word. Yet we neglect those things. In church, we need to press forward. For me and my family, there is no looking back. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm determined right now. I'm not going backwards. I'm not, I'm not taking a step back to this world. We're pressing forward on for God. And there was a man by the name of J.L. Heath. And uh, we're talking about the story here of Noah. Noah, we know, lived by faith. We can go to Hebrews and read that. And we know that this man, J.L. Heath, wrote the song, one of my favorite songs, Living by Faith. Said that J.L. Heath was, uh, was a, a man with seven children. He lived paycheck to paycheck, some, some like today, and and could hardly make it and said that it was uh, hard enough to pay all the bills, but then to put food on the table was even harder. Said one day he sat down and he read the verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. says, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. And as he was reading that verse, God began to give him the words to live in by faith. One of my absolute favorite songs, and we want to sing it in the church house. But we don't want to do it out there. We want to sing it. We want to give him praise. God, I want to live by faith. But when we get out there, we always want to say, Lord, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to make it, God. I don't know how we're going to make it this week. I, I wish I could tell you every single time in my life that I wondered how, God, are we going to make it? And all of a sudden, God begins to do things and shows us how we're going to make it. When I was still working a job, I did the same thing. I, my wife and I, we lived paycheck to paycheck. And, and I'm talking about we struggled sometimes. Sometimes it was hard and difficult. I'd go to church and I'd, I'd put on the best that I had. Put on the best suit that I had, the best tie that I had. And I'd get up there and I'd leave the singing, knowing that there's no money in the bank. I'd get up there leading the singing and leading the choir, knowing that there was no food at the house. I can't tell you how many times we'd leave that service. Some old saint would walk up to us with one of those green handshakes. They hear God told me to give you this. Didn't ask for it, didn't do anything, but just serving God, just living for God, and God will bless, and those type of things. I'm telling you this, uh, uh, living the life for God is the best life you can live. 
I would not change my life for anything. I would not go back to this world for anything. I have seen God do one thing after another to show himself faithful. Talking about God being faithful. I heard this story of a widow woman. Said that she was poor, didn't have nothing, lived in a lived in a neighborhood. Said every day one of her neighbors to hear who she prayed to. That she'd go around the house and she'd lift up all the windows in the house. She'd get right in the middle of the house and she'd begin to pray. And one day she began to pray and she had nothing. Her check was gone, she had no food, and she began to pray. She began to pray out loud, God, I've, I've seen you do it before. God, I've seen you provide before. God, I need you to do it again. And as she began to pray, her neighbor heard her. And uh, said that neighbor went out and said, I'm going to show this woman. Said he was an atheist man. Said, I'm going to show her. She's praying to God. But I'm going to show her that God ain't providing what she needs. And this man went out to the store and got several bags of groceries and Brought him up to her doorstep, sat him right in front of the door, rang the doorbell, stepped out to the side of the road on the sidewalk. Said the old widow woman come out, she looked down, and all she could do was look at the groceries, then she lifted up to heaven and she said, Lord, thank you for getting me some groceries. That old man standing up by the road was so mad and so angry, and he said, Woman, what are you talking about? God didn't give you those groceries. I bought you those groceries. She looked at the groceries again. She looked up to heaven. She said, God, thank you for using Satan to buy my groceries. (laughs) Trying to tell you just having faith in God, knowing that God's going to do it, listening to God and obeying God. Noah so did he. Noah just listened to what God said and Noah was able to see God move in his life. Yes, sir. Noah saw God move in his life. When was the last time you seen God moving? In your life. When's the last time you heard God speak? In your life. When's the last time God told you to do something and you just said, yes sir. I know it's not easy. We're in the the state now of praying, trying to seek the Lord's will, the next thing that He wants us to do. And I wish I had answers. People have asked me, what are you doing? What's next? I wish I had answers, but I don't know. Because I'm trying to wait patiently. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. My wife will ask me, how's it going? Is God speaking? We've got friends that will ask us, how's it going? Is God speaking? I have to tell them I don't know quite yet what God is wanting us to do. I have a, I have a feeling, but I don't know yet. But I don't, want to make it an, I don't want to make it a negotiation. And I don't want to neglect the things that God has given us to do. But I want to serve Him to my fullest ability. Would it be alright to get somebody on the piano? You got somebody. I want to ask you this, church. What are you doing when God begins to speak to you? What are you doing when God tells you something to do? Are you just letting it roll off your back? Are you just saying, God, I'll get to that later? God, I don't have time for that right now. God, my life is busy. God, there's, there's so many things going on right now. God, I don't have time. And I think sometimes in our lives we make ourselves so busy we won't have time for anything else. But I say take a time out on life and say, God, what is it all that you want me to do? And I want to obey you and I want to serve you and I want to do my very best what you want me to do. Father, we do thank you for this day. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this preacher. Bless this time now of invitation. Lord, I pray, God, that somewhere or another, God, that you have spoke to your people. I pray that the Holy Ghost of God has went down these pews and begin to touch hearts tonight. And Father, I love you. I thank you for all that you've done for me and my family. But Lord, I've seen you do it for others. And that blesses my heart as well. Thank you for being so good to us and helping us and guiding us. Ask that you bless this church and all that they do in Jesus' name. Amen.